गुरु राधना गुरु परम दैवतम गुरो परतरम नास्ति कृपालु Kapisham Vai Jayanti Chamalam Randhan Venu Radhar Sudhaya Purayan Vrindaranyam Svapadaramanam Pravishad Gita Kirti Yo Brahmanam Vidadhati Purvam Yo Vai Vedanscha Prahinoti Tasmai Tagvanghadeva Matma Buddhi Prakasham 
मुक्षुर्वै शरणमहं प्रपत्ये We'll chant for a few minutes. Bhajogiri dhar Govind Gopala
Respected devotees of Sri Maharaji, respected viewers, Radhe Radhe to all of you. Dainik Prarthana The daily prayer we recite before or at the beginning of every satsang is among the innumerable divine treasures Sri Maharaji has bestowed upon us souls to uplift us from our sinful state to elevate us to the highest attainment of divinity. Starting tonight, for the next and for the next seven evenings, I am going to make a humble attempt to elaborate on the verses or the lines of the Dainik Prarthana with Sri Maharaji's grace. Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Gurave Namaha The meaning of this verse is I prostrate to my Guru Shri Guru Charanu Govind Radhe Sir Kohi Nahi Man Ko Bhi Chuka De Radha Govind Geet Prostrating to our Guru isn't about placing our head at his lotus feet. It is about placing our heart with the feeling within us. We take, or we make a vow of surrender. I surrender my heart and mind at your lotus feet and I will heed your teachings with that feeling I prostrate to my Guru. The greatest evidence of God's grace in an individual's life is association with 
a God-realized personality. The Bhagavatam describes in a beautiful verse who a saint or a divine personality is. Nachalati Bhagavat Padaravinda Lavanimishar Dhamapiyaha Savaishnavagriyaha He whose mind does not leave the refuge of Sri Krishna's lotus feet even for a fraction of a second is a saint. It means that a saint's divine mind is ever absorbed in the divine love of God. God and saints are known to be causelessly merciful, causelessly compassionate. This means that their mercy and compassion which they show there's no expectation for any return it is unconditional on the contrary in the world anyone and everyone their acts of generosity are motivated by a desire and expectation. We walk into a store, pay $100, and the store owner gives us goods of equal value. We make an online purchase, and we make the payment, and the goods are delivered to our door. So these acts of generosity have reciprocity behind them. In comparison, causeless gener generosity expects no return whatsoever. Without any expectation, they are unconditional. Any person, any individual in the world bound by maya cannot show grace. Why? Because they themselves are devoid of or bereft of that supreme bliss, supreme divine bliss. And therefore, they cannot think beyond their own happiness. So how can we expect any individual in the world to show grace without expecting anything in return? It is impossible. God and saints are ever blissful and perfectly content in themselves. Perfectly blissful and ever absorbed in God's divine love. So why should they need to perform any actions? In reality, they are not obliged to stand in front of us, say anything, or do anything for us humans whatsoever. Our scriptures tell us, Tasmin stajane bheda bhavat. 
that God and his saints are one. We can understand the situation of God and saint in this way. If we take the individuality of a saint into consideration, it is said that God dwells within the saint and the saint dwells within God. And if we take the entire, the whole divine phenomenon into consideration, if we take that into consideration, then it is said that God and saints are not two. They are one, one in two forms. And God's divinity, it manifests through the personality of the saint. And again, if we take the saint's divine state into account, he is such a personality who is ever absorbed in divine love, and God is the director of all of his actions. And if we take the divine nature of the saint into view, then it is said that he is God's grace in form, and all of his actions are only to grace the souls. So, if such a personality were to come before us, stand before us, if such a personality was approachable to us, what a great fortune that is. What price did we pay or have we paid to be granted such privilege? Even in the world, anyone with a high reputation, caliber, status, wouldn't want to interact with anyone inferior to him, no. He wouldn't even want to look at that person. This is the way of the world. And yet, saints who are grace, God's grace, inform and God yes the Lord of innumerable Brahmans one who possesses infinite divine knowledge divine bliss divine love yes and that saint is the form of God personified so what is our status in front of a saint, in front of a divine personality? Anywhere in the world, if a cavalcade of a VIP, be it the president or the prime minister, were to pass by, and a crippled, poor man, shabbily dressed, standing in its path, was able to flag down the car and succeed in shaking hands with the VIP in that car. You can only imagine how ecstatic, how happy he would be because this man knows that maybe this is a once-in-a-life opportunity for me. And as for my next life, only God knows. 
So such a man, he would be so happy, and he would go around talking about his experience of shaking hands with that VIP. He would go around telling everybody and bragging about it. And if it so happened that he could have a, a picture of that occasion, then he would go around flaunting it. He would go around flaunting it. Yes. So, if a divine personality comes before us, interacts with us, talks to us, it is only out of his sheer graciousness, kindness, and benevolence. However, to gain benefit from such association is only possible through contemplation, repeated contemplation, meaning that if we had the great fortune of having received the vision of a divine personality, we should be gratefully ecstatic and thrilled. But that is only possible through, through contemplation. So chandahi sadhana hai govind radhe Bar bar soch nahi un se mila de Radha Govind ki. And in addition to receiving the vision, if we had an opportunity to closely associate with such a personality, then even the greatest authorities of knowledge and intellect in this material world, Saraswati and Brihaswati, Brihaspati, would not be able to describe the glory of our great fortune. Now, it is possible that some of you sitting here in the audience, and maybe some of the viewers, might be chewing on this thought. that thinking that I am making reference to Sri Maharaji, but Sri Maharaji is not with us anymore. Well, I will emphatically say that your thinking is wrong <laughs> because Sri Maharaji is still with us. Even though he is not physical, physically visible to our eyes, the fact is that he is still with us. Besides, his divine knowledge, his philosophy, his divine teachings, his kirtans, his satsang, they are not separate they are Sri Maharaj's identity, a direct representation of Sri Maharaj's divine personality, his divine dignity. And if that, if this, what I just said, is not impressive enough, listen to this. 
Sri Maharaj's own words. In Sri Maharaj's own words, Mere Priya Sadhak, Hari Guru Sada Sarvatra hai, aisa hi mano. Leela Samvaran ki baat kabhi mat socho. मैं सदा शरणागत के साथ रहूंगा तुम्हारा कृपालु माय डियर डिवोरी ऑलवेज बेयर इन माइंड ऑलवेज बिलीव दैट गॉड एंड गुरु आर ऑल परवेडिंग सदा Always, sarvatra, everywhere. Never entertain the thought that my lilas on this earth have ended. I will always be with my surrendered devotee. Yours, Kripalu. Now, after having received this, the treasure of such esteemed association, even now, as I'm speaking to all of you, if a devotee remains indifferent, Casual, nonchalant, yeah, 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 it's all good. <laughs> then there can be no greater ingratitude and misfortune. Because what more is there to achieve? What more is there? The divine vision that we have received and all the other devotional treasures that we have, no amount of devotional practice could possibly qualify us to receive. And we have been granted all of that. And the one who is Worshipped by Supreme God Sri Krishna Himself. Anubrajam yaham nityam pu ye ye tyangrirenu bhi. Sri Krishna says that I follow my devotees, I walk behind them. But we don't see this in the world, it's quite the contrary. The master is always leading the way and the servant follows. This is the way of the world. Yes, this is what we see. But Sri Krishna says, no, I follow my devotees so that I may be purified when their foot dust will blow on me, I would be purified. So such a personality who is worshipped by God, comes to our rescue. 
There was once a saint living in a jungle in a, in a hermitage. A hunter used to come to that jungle to hunt. So every time he passed by his dwelling, he would pay his respects to the saint. So one day he asked, he said, I come here to hunt deer. For whom do you hunt? <laughs> so the saint said, I hunt Sri Krishna. And he began crying loudly. So the hunter said, oh, but why are you crying? Tell me what he looks like and I'll go catch him for you. So the saint described the enticing beauty of Sri Krishna, that his complexion is like the young rain-laden clouds. He is Tribhangi Lal. His body is elegantly curved in three places. He wears a peacock feather diadem, and he holds a flute in his hand. So the hunter said, rest assured, I will go catch him and I promise I won't even drink water until I get him for you. So what he did was he laid, he spread the net on the ground and he sat down. Three days passed in anticipation, but to no avail. Overcome with compassion for the hunter, Sri Krishna willingly came, he appeared, and playing on his flute, he willingly got caught in the net. So the hunter, when he saw, his gaze was fixed on the stunning beauty of Sri Krishna, and his eyes began to tear. When he regained consciousness, he remembered the plea of the saint, and he started screaming joyfully, Oh, the prey is caught. The prey is caught. So glancing over at Sri Krishna, he said, Okay, so, you kept me hungry for three days, and now that you're caught, you're trying to pull your magic on me. So just like he would an animal, he threw Sri Krishna over his shoulder and brought him to the saint. And the saint, and he said, here, here's your desired prey. So the saint was astonished. And when he saw, what he saw was, Sri Krishna was smiling through the net. Inside the net, he was smiling. So the saint very humbly he said to Sri Krishna that I did everything possible to find you. I left my home. I did so much worship. I offered so much worship. And yet, I couldn't find you. And this hunter, he won your favor in three days. So Sri Krishna said, that his selfless love and faith in your solemn words 
enslaved my heart, and therefore I could not resist coming to him. I could not resist coming to him. God is subservient to his devotees, and he immediately comes to the rescue of the soul upon whom the saint has bestowed his grace. In this account, the hunter did not know who Sri Krishna was. But he received the vision of Sri Krishna because of his deep faith. Every day when he paid respects, sincerely associated with the saint. Such is the glory of a saint's association is the point I'm trying to make. One who is worshipped by God himself. Once Sri Maharaji asked this devotee, why are you so gloomy? You have this gloomy look on your face. Maharaji mil gaye. Darwaja band karke nacho. Maharaji said to the devotee, now that you have found Maharaji, just close your door and jump up and down with joy. Why are you looking so sad? The point is that unity with a with God is not as important in the devotional period, of course, as it is with the saint. If we deeply reflect, if we introspect, why after having the association of a saint, we are still devoid of, we are still devoid of that unlimited, infinite, divine happiness? Why is it? then we will conclude that we did not understand the importance. We did not think about the grace of the Guru. And in such a situation, even if we were to reach our goal by and find God, what are we to achieve from that? Nothing. Just like if somebody says, well, you know, I had an opportunity to meet with the saint. He spoke to me. He even gave me a hug. I got to spend time with him. But I didn't feel anything. Nothing. Why? Because... The person did not understand the value of that saint's association. Did not give importance to that opportunity. That is why. It's just like if a person is given a ring worth $10,000 and he doesn't know its worth and thinks of it as an ordinary, just a cheap ring worth $20. He doesn't understand the value of it, then what does he do? He just leaves it here and there. Only if we could understand he knew its worth, 
he would keep it under the lock and key. But because he doesn't know its worth, cannot, does not appreciate its value, then he doesn't know the importance, and nor does he have that feeling within him that he is in possession of such a valued object. He doesn't have any feeling within him. In the same way, if we have the association, we're given the association of a saint, but we don't understand and appreciate the value, realize the importance of it, that we are in possession of such treasure, divine treasure, and for which we didn't do anything. It was no effort on our part, but it was purely grace. Purely grace. Because there's no importance. That's why. So how could we derive any benefit? Suppose a person wants to meet the prime minister. And he wants to talk to him and even you know, have close association and even get a hug. Now the prime minister in turn comes in front of him in disguise wearing dirty clothes with an unkempt beard and extends his arms, offering to embrace him, what would be the reaction of that person? The reaction of the person would be he would reel back in repulsion and snub him because he doesn't know that it is the prime minister in disguise. Anyway, a short while later, the prime minister shedding his put-on appearance. He comes back in his real persona with, his, with all his security and paraphernalia that you know, comes with his power and position and everything. And he appears before this person. Now... This person recognizing that the person that he saw before was in fact the prime minister. Now he recognizes who he was. Now he recognizes, so he yearns to feel close to him, to touch him. Yes. The point here is that when we realize the value or the importance of what we have or the privilege we have, then we develop a special affinity. We, de we develop a special attachment to that personality. And so long as we're ignorant, we're not able to derive any benefit. It's really that simple. Once an eminent logician who he came to Mahaprabhuji and he said, Mahaprabhuji, I've been in your company for so long, but I've always criticized you. I'm a reputed logician. I'm extremely skeptical and my mind is full of doubts. 
And even when I have thought of surrendering to you, my mind has troubled me and all these thoughts rush into my mind. Well, he's a saint, but you know what? I don't think he's a saint. And look how he's behaving. Well, he's definitely a special soul for sure. So I have not been able to surrender to you. So Mahaprabhuji said to him that the person with doubt and mistrust in his mind will be liberated very late. It will take a long time for him to be liberated. So the man asked, how long will it take? How many lifetimes? So Mahaprabhuji said, it will take you as many lifetimes as leaves on that tree. He pointed to a people tree. So the man was the words that came out of from Mahaprabhuji's lotus lips. The mind of this man shifted from being doubtful to now having faith in what Mahaprabhuji said to him. So Mahaprabhuji observing his faith, the faith of this man, he changed his statement. And he said that you will be liberated in this very lifetime. Now this man was Joy and delight knew no bounds for this man. He was ecstatic. He was so ecstatic. Gradually, his faith grew to such a limit that Mahaprabhuji again changed his statement and he said, You will be liberated today and now. Now, think about it. Mahaprabhuji is the same personality, same personality. The man was the same. So what happened? Did he do anything out of the ordinary? Did he offer anything special to Mahaprabhuji? No. He simply realized the immense value of Mahaprabhuji's words. The same words that Mahaprabhuji spoke even before, but he had, he developed that strong faith in his words. The point is, that the more we accept the importance of what we have in our life right now as devotees on this path, the more benefit we will derive. That is the point I'm trying to make here. So realizing Grace is the highest kind of sadhana that an aspiring devotee can practice. Just realizing 
the grace. That's it. If we harbor doubt in our mind, if we think that our guru is acting indifferently, then we should know, we should keep this kind of meditation far from us. Far from us. Because even though we may not feel within us that we belong to him, the fact is that he is still ours, and accepting him as ours is entirely in our hands alone. So realizing the grace. Sri Maharaji's dissension is packed with the experiences of devotees, of his devotees, and those experiences are a direct reflection of Sri Maharaji's divine grace. And I'd like to share a couple of them with you tonight. Once a couple from Kanpur, they were introduced to Sri Maharaji's satsang through a pracharak's program, through a preacher's program. And so they expressed an inclination to meet Sri Maharaji, and so they accompanied the Pracharak Didi and went to Mangar Dham. So when they arrived there, Kirtan was going on, Sri Maharaji was sitting in the Angan, and the devotees there were only mainly Mangarvasis because there was no occasion or any celebration going on during that time. So when they finally came before Sri Maharaji, they had a unique experience of Sri Maharaji's grace. They had an experience of Sri Maharaji's grace. And so both the husband and the wife, what they saw was that the jyoti or the light that they were worshipping for years before they met Sri Maharaji, they saw that that light was emanating from Sri Maharaji's chest, from Sri Maharaji's personality. It was radiating. So the husband said to Sri Maharaji that Maharaji, why did you take so long to give me your darshan? He was overwhelmed with a heavy heart. He spoke to Sri Maharaji in these words. That, why did you take so long to give me your darshan? You have accepted so many souls as your own. And, but what about me? Am I not also your child? <laughs> so Sri Maharaji, oh, and he also said, he urged everyone that was sitting over there, and he said, Inko pehchano, ye kaun hai? Recognize him. You people are not recognizing him, who he is. Identify him. So everyone there, their heart 
choked with tears of love, deep love and gratitude. And Sri Maharaji just sat there with a loving composure as if he didn't know what was going on. And he just sat there. Such is the glory of Sri Maharaji that when he sees the tears of a devotee, he feels compassionately troubled. And how blessed those souls are whom Sri Maharaji found and even more blessed are those souls who are sold on Maharaji forever and ever. There's another account depicting Sri Maharaji's grace. There was once a, another family that came to Sri Maharaji. And before they met Sri Maharaji, it was a practice, as a practice, the wife, they had a deity of Radha Krishna. So the wife, she used to scrub and give the deity just as a way of like giving it a bath and cleaning it. She used to scrub the deities of Radha Krishna very hard with ashes from fire. You know, when there's a wood fire and then and the powder that remains after the fire is cooled off. So the ashes, so she was scrubbing the deity with those ashes. So when they, find, when they met Sri Maharaji, and the very first day, Sri Maharaji said, as they came up to pranam to Sri Maharaji, Maharaji said to the husband, that your wife has scrubbed me extremely hard with those ashes. And my skin is broken, it's burning, it's hurting. I'm hurting all over. Maharaji told the wife, the husband rather. And they both just broke into tears and they realized the mistake they had been making. What a grace. The family had a five-year-old boy who was kidnapped by some thieves. So 24 hours later, when the little boy, when he came home, he pointed to a picture of Sri Maharaji and told the parents that he fought the thieves. He fought with them. And he brought me here. He just knocked on the door. He left me at the door. But he fought with them.
This is grace. And thinking about this grace is the highest form of sadhana. So, we must firmly retain this understanding in our consciousness, in our heart, that it is only because of grace that we have received what we have as in the devotional wealth that we have been endowed with. And if it wasn't for grace, then how could we have received everything that we have? There's no way. We would stand no chance. So, Realizing and understanding and accepting this as the greatest evidence of God's grace. We should have complete faith in our relationship with our Guru. And then our Guru's bond with us will strengthen and ours will strengthen also. And this way, one day our heart will reach a state where we will be ecstatically remembering and imbibing that grace in the form of the divine darshan of our guru. This is the meaning of Shri Gurave Namaha. Shrimat Sadguru Sarkar Ki. Shrimat Yugal Sarkar Ki. Jai Jai Shri Radhe. Jai Jai Shri Radhe. Jai Jai Shri Radhe.